Praise God. Ready for the word? Are you sure? Alright, let's continue our series. I'm going to be very, 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 very fast today because I have quite a lot of ground to cover tonight. Okay, are these guys, media people, are you ready for me? Sure. Alright, ready for the what? You guys are cool. You guys are not responding. You guys are dull. Ready for the what? Mm-hmm. I'm not like that. Ready for the what? Yes, sir. All right, would somebody says, let's say this together, our Father? Our Father. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we say, our Father. No, no, no. Our Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we receive revelation, we receive accuracy, we receive precision tonight. We say your name alone is glorified, and you and we are edified. We say there is no... There, was, there is no distraction in this atmosphere. There is light. There is clarity. There is illumination tonight. Amen. Amen. Alright. Um, what did we call this title? Um, okay. Dealing with ungodly habits. Alright. Um, I'm going to move quite fast tonight. Because um, I have quite a lot of ground to cover. Romans 12 verse 1 to 2. Romans 12, verse 1 to 2, we, we started with our habits formed. We said um, that for us to understand how habits are formed, we said habits are consistent actions undertaken. And we said they can either be positive or negative. Look at Romans 12. It says, I beseech you, brethren, um, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, only acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And um, he now says in verse 2, I've been not conformed to this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may be able to prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And we said that word conformed is from the Greek word shusimatizo. And it implies to act like, um, to act like what you are not, to be factioned like another, to act like what you are not. So what, when, when we say conformed, it means like, it's like saying, um, it's just like those people that act a drama. They are, sometimes they are acting a personality that is not theirs. So that is like, conforming you have to conform to the script you have to be able to uh imitate the script so what does that mean that's shusimatizo is like saying you are being conformed fashioned like another acting like i remember when i was much younger i used to act um all this drama script and they used to give me the devil to act because i was too black and they just felt like I fit into the description properly. I just have to wear a black clothes and that's all. <laughs> so they fashion me into the devil. So me too, when I want to act, I just come in and I just feel like I'll just change my voice. Why are you like this? I am the devil. <laughs> I do. So many a time, so it's... It, it, if they are planning the script and they are just putting it and say, okay, so who will add this? They will say, they will say, oh, this person will add this, this person will add it. But when it comes to devil, they don't even, they don't even, you know, they deliberate like saying, ah, maybe I will be able to act this. 
Maybe Chemaka will be able to add this. Maybe Bogodun will be able to add this. In my own, they don't deliberate. They just say, Devil, Hayo. Mm. Hayo, Hayo, Hayo. They don't, they don't even deliberate. They don't say, Hayo fits the description properly. I'm like, ah, why do I fit the description of the devil? <laughs> but they now fashion me. And you know, some people, they now, some people, they now fashion them to be acting like cowards. So after the drama, they will still want to act like, hey, I'll just say, hey, hey, the drama is over. Return back. Return back. Return back to yourself now. <laughs> so that's Shusi Matthew. When he says, do not be conformed to this world. So it's like many Christians, what happens to many Christians is that they are too easily influenced. A lot of Christians are easily influenced. Somebody is doing something like this. Hey, we run into it. It's just like I remember when Tread came. The whole world. In fact, Mark Zuckerberg was so surprised that he started counting how many millions of users that joined it so much. Everybody ran into Tread like Twitter and Instagram was about to be erased. In fact, I don't even remember when Tread came. Everybody's already saying, wow, it's a new app. Is it another one will still come again this year? Just be patient. <laughs> Everybody will still run into it. Even me, I ran into it. Because I just felt like I have a new to create. I mean, so everybody was using the opportunity to build more followers, start again. All the celebrities started saying, You see, look alive. Everybody started abusing the celebrities that look alive. See, you are back to square one, starting again to grow your followers. There is no more buying followers in this world. Your true followership will be shown. Everybody started conforming. Everybody started um, trading. I mean, they say that thing. Started trading every time. Watch it. Another one is about to come again. We will soon run into it. You know, that's how the world is. The world likes trends. The world likes new things. The world likes, you know, something that is very flashy. The world likes, ah, uh, um, he just has to, you know, he just has to appeal to my emotions. He just has to, he, he just have to, and we have not done the same thing in church, such that, um, in churches today, people don't longer stay with the word and the spirit and the power of God anymore. Everybody's looking for, ah, uh, how do we, how do we improve? What do we do so that people will like the service? Ah, why not pray? Ah, can't people just can't people just like the service with prayer? They say no, 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 no. Prayer is good, but you know people start saying but, but we just have to you know let's try and do some barbecue time. Let's you know I remember there was one church um, in Indiana then they now started serving food every Sunday. I'm not joking. I mean, they will cook you jollof rice every Sunday. Who will not come to that church? Even me, that was a dear and assistant pastor in a church. I went there one Sunday because I knew that. <laughs> I just, I just went after one service one Sunday. I just ran there. You know, I said I wanted to greet somebody, but me, I knew my heart that my real heart was to collect the jollof rice. So after I collected the jollof rice, I disappeared. In fact, they now increased their gain. And also that, this is something I observed. And also that they didn't stop there. The next time I went, that time I was still involved in one drama group. So we now went to do one drama in the church. By virtue of us coming as newcomers, they gave us one pack. Two bags of rice. I'm not, I'm not joking. Like, you know those bags you buy in Walmart? Those carton rice? They gave us two, two. Is it two or one? 
I don't know. The shark gave us that bag. I'm like, wow. <laughs> it will be. In fact, when I brought it home, I, I remember I took it. This was many years ago. I remember I took it. My father said, ah, "Are you sure you're not gonna do first time? First time? <laughs> you're not gonna do first time again? First time again in that church?" I said, "Ah." After I have my own, I would like to do first time again next Sunday because of bag of rice. <laughs> but that is what every church is doing. So everybody is trying to train such that when people are praying, they see it as boring. If the, if the place is not, everybody just wants to appeal to emotion. And I've seen, and, and I keep saying this. It's just like even singing. Can people just sing and edify the church? Some people say, the song is boring. Where did they get that statement from? Our singing is to the Lord and to edify ourselves. Not to, not to sweet you. We are not singing so that you will be happy. We are singing so that God will be glorified. But you see, we now have to rev it up. We have to, you know, switch the game. So that everybody will be happy is that a church i i keep wondering is that how is that going to give glory to god we are called that's the meaning of conforming and i keep saying this no choir member can sing up to beyonce so don't try it let's just do our own and respect ourselves and to the lord how do you want to sing up to michael jackson that his song is still the highest charting song and he has died since i think 2009 and he's still charting and the families are still receiving his royalty till he dies till they will even die so we can't match up to the world so paul was writing and saying do not come do not be conformed to this world and the reason why i had to bring this example of church is because Many people are in church and they don't know that even via being in church, they are conforming. Now today, there's a bit of permissiveness and looseness in church today, in the church world. They tell you, it's okay. In churches today, now they have volleyball courts. I, I don't understand. What's the volleyball court doing there? In churches today, they have... There was some time, they took a survey in the United States of America where they went to some churches and they saw that they were even disco, disco, disco all in some churches. Then they asked the pastors or the administrative of the church and they said, um, we don't want people to go to nightclubs. I mean, on Friday night, we can just play them some music here and they can just dance. Ah. What's the difference between what... <laughs> Men and brethren, what is the difference between what you are doing in the church and what they are doing outside? You just, you don't know what you just did. You just permitted it and make them understand that what they are doing is right. Then they permit it. They do all of those things. Then you'll be wondering why is it that Christians are not growing? Because they are in a place where they are conforming to the world. How many churches today are emphasizing prayer in the United States? Don't you know we need prayer? As you look at this nation like this. Look at the... No, tell me, guys. Do you think there is no transgender or people that are not feeling to transgender? 
in Africa. Do you know why it can't stay long in that place? Those men are praying. It's a demonic spirit that you have to deal with. <laughs> they are praying. You think it's not as if some people don't have it. They do. But it can't, it can't circulate much because of the, of the spiritual atmosphere. It can't. Don't you think we need prayer? How many churches emphasize prayer? How many churches emphasize fasting? Today now, some people fast with coffee. So you can just drink coffee. And just, you know, when you're fasting, there's nothing wrong with drinking coffee. You're like, uh-huh. <laughs> and when Jesus was fasting, he drank coffee. Is that what you read in your scripture? <laughs> so many things like that. So we have many of those things and we say, and Paul is writing to us, don't be conformed to this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transform is from the Greek word metamorpho. It's from that English word metamorphosis. And it implies a change, a transformation from within that is now seen without. That is, it's a change that goes on within that is now seen outside. And it now says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That one mind there is from the word knows, that is, you will renew your intellect, your reasoning, your understanding, because the mind of a man controls his understanding. And I stopped somewhere last week. I said, why is our mind so vital? I wonder if you remember I stopped there last week. I said, because our mind contains two elements. Number one, the human mind is a seat of reasoning where understanding is ends and must be controlled over the human mind. And we said that the mind is a seat of reasoning. It's a place where we have most of our conversations. It's a place where a lot of things happen. Our mind is so vital because it is where the mind of a man controls his understanding. Number two, the human mind is where decisions are made. Decisions are made in your mind. It's a seat of human will. It is in the mind that desires spring from which influences decision and consequently our actions. So that means we must renew our minds. We are studying dealing with ungodly habits. That is, why is this habit there? Why is this habit there? And how do we change our minds to a positive one? And we said the word renew is from the Greek word anakinosis. It means to re-educate, to remold. So when we talk about renewing the mind, what does it mean? It simply means I've got to re-educate my mind. I've got to change the mode of my thinking. I've got to remold, reorganize, re-educate my mind. Now look at what Ephesians 4 verse 17 says. Ephesians 4 verse 17. Let's read it. Ephesians 4 verse 17. Ephesians 4 17.
Thank you, Jesus. Are we there? Ephesians 4, 17. Now he says, I say therefore and I testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other densites walk in the vanity of their minds, having their understanding darkened, be alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. So, in verse 17, Paul was talking and saying, and using the word walk, and it occurred twice, that is the believer would, it says we should not walk like the Gentiles in the vanity of their minds. Who are the Gentiles there? The Gentiles refers to the unsaved man. You see, many of us, the problem with many of us when we get born again is that, yes, we are born again, but we don't know that we are born again. And I said it to us in the, in the earlier part of this series, and I said, you will be born again now, and the very day you, you said yes to Jesus, the next day you still call yourself a sinner. That's a confused identity. It's like saying you got rich today and you are still calling yourself poor. Or it's like saying you graduated from university and instead of, self, instead of calling yourself a graduate, you are still calling yourself an undergrad. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So you still see those, those I call it, you, you still see us use those terminologies. I would just, all in the name of we want to be humble. Humble for what? In fact, it is pride to not accept what God has called you. True biblical humility is accepting the reality of what God has called you. So many a times people say, ah, see, I don't want to, how you say I'm, how you say you are righteous, how you say you are holy, you are wondering, that's what the word says you are. 2 Corinthians 5.21 He who knew no sin became sin so that you might become, you can't have two identity. The devil, darkness and light can't be in the same place. The devil and the Holy Ghost can't be living in your body. Your body has to be one person. It either has to be the temple of the living God or the temple of idols. You have to choose. It can't be both. So the very minute you got born again, you are changed. You have moved from one place to another. You have left a location. You are now in a new location. So the, but the problem is, do you know what has happened to you? So, you will now find believers now having to struggle with who they are. And I tell people, the reason why people still do some things they are doing today or still engage in some social vices or still engage in some habits is because they don't know who they are. It's because they have not seen themselves from a standpoint. If you and I begin to see ourselves and say, Oh, something changed from the very day I got born again. I believe many of us would be much better in our Christian work. So this was Paul talking to the church of Ephesians. He told them, he said, you should not walk like the Gentiles because their minds are blinded. 
Similarly, you see the same thing in Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, verse 2 to 3. It says, Wherein in time past ye walk according to the course of this word, according to the prince of the power of the year, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in time past, in the loss of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of all, even as unto others. That is for the unbelieving man. Paul was locating the manner of life of the unsaved man. He called him a child of disobedience. He called the man who has not believed the gospel a child of disobedience. And that is the function of the flesh. So, the believer ought to always walk in the spirit. So, when he says we should walk, that word walk there is a mindset. A mindset, a function of your mindset. So, we ask you today, what's your mindset? How do you think about God's word? How do you think about yourself? Many a times, we are struggling with some addictions and we think it cannot be sorted. That's not true. That's obviously not true. You find someone struggling and saying, I've tried, I've tried my best to quit smoking. I've tried my best. I've tried. He just doesn't work. That's not true. The word of God works. You just have to renew your mind in God's word. And it's not going to take a day. Mm -mm. You have to consistently renew your mind. The writer of the, the, the book of Proverbs, in Proverbs 4, Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 24. Are we learning something tonight? Are you sure? Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 24. It says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ears unto my saying. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to thy flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth, a perverse lips, put far from thee. He used that word keep. That word keep implies to guard, to protect, to preserve the heart. So the heart here refers to the innermost past and the unseen part of a man. That means the heart, as explained in scripture, is a spiritual part. It is physical. It can be either spiritual or a physical part of a man, of a man and that makes it very sensitive. When you talk about the heart, when the scripture is talking about the heart, it's either physical or spiritual. You will see in the same book of Proverbs, Proverbs 3 verse 1, it says, My son, forget not my law, but let thy heart keep my commandments. You see in another one in Proverbs 4 verse 4, Yea ye, 
children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. You see in verse 4, Proverbs 4, 4, I just read Proverbs 4, verse 1, but let's read Proverbs 4, verse 4. He thought me also and said unto me, let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. So this implies that the heart will be understood as where information is retained and can be kept. I'm showing you how the writers of scriptures use art. It shows where informations can be retained and can be kept. Now, now let me ask you a question. Scientifically, what does is that where is that what the heart is for? Uh, medical people here. What's the art for? Supply blood to the rest of the body. Can information be stored in the heart physically? Are you seeing it now? So you see, you see, you see, you see what I said. If you follow that the way we did our introduction to this series, I told you that you must learn to read and read in context. Are you seeing it? So that shows that the English of today now, of art, is not the way they saw art in the in those days. Because science has upgraded. Are you getting what I'm saying? Just like somebody wanted to go and use one of Jesus' parables now to use it for business. The person will go at loss. Because <laughs> that's not, Jesus did not really teach you business with that thing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh, so, but we'll look at this art thing properly. Look at it in Luke 2, 15 to 19. But we're looking at, but we can easily understand what the writer of Proverbs is saying when he says you retain an information with your heart. So we'll get there soon. Luke 2, verse 15 to 19. I think I'm in my Sunday mood already. Amen. I don't if I'm feeling it in my Sunday mood. <laughs> hey, I think I, this is better to join. I think it's the dressing. I think that will just be too free. Uh, my Sunday mood. There's a Tuesday mood that we have had for a while. And I'll be like, why is that? Service good. Ah. Hey, hey, now I'm teaching. Everybody's paying attention. Not that everybody's laughing. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> All right. Luke 2 15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from, <laughs> from them. From them. <laughs> Where am I? Luke 2 15. And again to pass as the angels were gone away from the heavens, the shepherds said unto one another, Let us go into Bethlehem and let us see these things which come unto the pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with the ace and from Mary. And they came with the ace and from Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they know. They made known abroad, saying that which was said of their child. And when they heard all that they wondered, and they were told by the shepherd, look at in verse 19, very key. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them where? In her heart. Pay attention. The psalmist also used the same thing. The psalmist in Psalm 119, Psalm 119 verse 11 to 12, you know, Bible study must be very thorough. 
You must be very thorough. You must not just go to a church where they will just say, they will just read one text for you and just say, "Bing." There's a rema. <laughs> There's a rema in this verse. They don't read the text. Bing. Ah, it's like taking it out of context. Are you getting? Look at what we are doing now. We are trying to look through the scriptures and see the use of art. So that way we will know where information is being stored. And we've said that art is used both spiritually and physically. Are you seeing it? When the scripture uses art, it's used both spiritually and physically. Alright, look at Psalm 119, verse 11 to 12. Psalm 119, verse 11 to 12. It says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I may not sin against thee. You know, it says, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy status. So this implies that the man's heart will eventually comfort. What is in the man's heart will eventually comfort? Because it says, it says that thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Alright, look at Luke. Luke 6. This is a typical Bible study. You're going through the scriptures. You must get used to it. I mean, you're already used to it. Amen. The supernatural community church. Amen. <laughs> Look for Luke 6 for the 3. It says, For a good tree bringeth not forth fruit, neither does a corrupt tree bringeth forth fruit. For every tree that is known by his own for every tree is known by his own fruit. For thorns men do gather figs, nor gravel bushes, or bush gather the grapes. But look at in verse 45, very key. But a good man, out of a good tree of his heart, bringeth forth good. In essence, and an evil man, out of the evil tree of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For the, about, for the abundance of the heart is mouth speaketh. Hmm. Now, this is Jesus teaching us and explaining that the man's heart can either be good or bad. And that means it will produce, it will either produce good or bad things too. And so that shows that whatsoever you feed your mind with or your art. Now let's let's use biblical term now. Can we say biblical term is art? In our own word now we can say mind. Right? Can we say that? Can we say if you want to translate the Bible in 2023 English, can we say that art they were talking about now is mind? Can you retain something in your, in your heart? In your biological heart? You know, now you say, oh, ah, my, my heart. You broke my heart. Really? <laughs> really? Is it, is it really? <laughs> I'm trying to be literal now. <laughs> is, it, is it, oh, wow. Pastor, that guy just broke my heart. Dude, can they really break your heart? If they want to break your heart, you better go to the doctor. <laughs> Can they really break your heart? So, what is broken? <laughs> what truly is broken? Okay, now what's even the mind? Now let me let me let me destabilize your brains. What's even now the mind? <laughs> so is your brain so pastor somebody broke my brain? Uh-uh. You should be in ER by now. So, <laughs> emergency unit. So you see that we have now, we have accepted that that art now is both figurative, literal, 
spiritual, physical. Are you seeing that it's not a generic word that we have accepted and all of us understand what we mean by art? I'm going to get what I just did now. I'm trying to explain to you, and I'm saying, I'm showing you biblical term. They never use mind. The closest that look at how Paul now look at what Paul now did. Because Paul is in a cosmopolitan world. Paul is in a Greco-Roman world. Is in a is in a more advanced world. He will now have to use minds to them. But if he was the one, if he was writing like in the Old Testament now, he doesn't say renewing of the mind. He will have said renewing of the heart. I don't just go what I just explained to you now. Because his word has changed. The kind of audience he's relating with will be able to relate better. Are you getting what I'm saying? With what he just said. You know, if you imagine a, maybe an astute professor now is talking and you say, hmm, uh, out of the heart, the person can be wondering. And the reason why I'm saying it is because the word is advancing, right? So we can pick this message now and say, what does. What's this person saying? Out of the heart. Out of the heart. What's out of the heart? What's heart? Heart is where blood comes from, you know? And But you understand what we are saying. It's not our own word that we understand. When we say heart, somebody broke my heart. Oh, Pastor, the way I feel in my heart. Really? Do you think feel, the feeling go through our heart? Science people, I'm not science in class, so maybe I'm wrong. Uh, uh, is that what? Oh, so it's neurons from your brain. So neurotransmitters from your brain. Okay, so it's never nothing. Nothing really happens to the heart. So what goes? Uh, uh, serotonin. Eh? Serotonin. Okay. That controls your brain. Your mood. And emotions. Eh. There's the one that controls fear. There's the one that controls. But it's not from the heart. The heart is blood. It's transmitters from the brain. So if somebody break my heart now, they, they broke a transmitter in my brain. My body sends a chemical reaction. <laughs> you have to see. <laughs> but it's nothing affects the physical heart. Okay. That's what I'm. Some of you might know. Some of you wonder, Pastor, why are you having to go this route? Don't worry. In the next couple of years, I'm not teaching for you. I'm not teaching for now. I'm teaching for the next 50 years. I'm teaching for future. You understand that. You understand why our words we play a very major role. You will not see it now because now everybody can still talk. But as the years progress, you will start seeing the use of language and words. You now say, oh, now I see it some years ago. Why pastor was explaining this art thing called that? Don't worry. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you will soon see. Because as the world progresses, the use of words will start becoming much, much, much in strong. You will not be able to throw your words loosely again. So it will not be like, um, 
Because when you, there's something that you have to know how to study. When you study, you have a, a picture of an insight or a foresight of certain things that, okay, oh, this is how things are about to be. This one is not even prophecy or something. It's just normal thing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. So don't worry. At least we, we understand now that when the scripture is talking about heart, it's both spiritual, physical, and now you see that nothing really happens, but you get it. <laughs> right? We get it right. All right, let me explain more for that. Look at in Hebrews 3. Look at Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3. Verse 10 to 12. It says, Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, They always err in their hearts. And they have not known my ways. So the heart of a man is an access to what the believer believes or not. Or not. So when he says guard your heart, can I be saying guard your mind, right? Can I say that and it will make, sense, make more sense, right? You know Paul now used that word in Ephesians 3. Look at, you know Paul now was now... Paul really used art. Paul was now saying, having their minds alienated with darkness. You see, Paul is now explaining these things more properly. Are you getting it now? So, can we say that? Our minds, our hearts, is where, is an access point. And I'm, 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 I'm trying to be practical, and I'm going to be practical very soon. Because, we must understand that there is no information that is neutral on its own. Every information, I, I told us in camp meeting, that was um, last year camp meeting, and I said, every information is backed by something. See, nobody, see, let me tell you. If I decide today, even books, I've seen people, I've heard stories, and I can tell you they are true stories, who literally read the book, and by reading the book, they started manifesting in a demonic way. I mean, and it's supposedly a Christian book. There's this book that I picked up some years ago on, I would, I would say the title, but I will not say the, 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 the name of the person that wrote it. Why the deliverer needs deliverance. There is no way you will read. And I can tell you, there was barely... The book is like, maybe less than this. Maybe. And there was barely two scriptures in that book. Everything was just experiences. And if you read that book as a preacher, the next thing that will be on your mind is fear. What would be the fear? Fear of wanting to pray for people. Because you will feel like, haven't prayed for people, you also need to be prayed for. That cannot be inspired by God. <laughs> there's nothing anybody can tell me. That's inspired by the devil because there's only there's one thing that the devil uses to creep people, and that's fear. Do you know something? If you tell me to pray for you today, one of the first things I will first tell you to do, if I say that, ah, Pastor, pray for me, Pastor, pray for me, I will first talk you out of that fear. I will first tell you to go and deal with fear. And that's why I thought it's a teaching in nothing terrified. You know why? Because if you, you can't receive anything in fear, it's not possible. 
Fear is not the spirit of God. Romans 8, you have not received the spirit of gain of bondage to fear, but the spirit of son, whereby you cry, Abba, Father. So that means, informations, so why am I going through this route? I'm showing you how far you act. Let, let's use biblical term now. Or, let's just use mind. How far your mind is crucial to everything you are doing. Or let's use biblical term. How far your heart is crucial to everything you are doing. So in man's salvation, look at if how Paul said it. Look at how Paul said it in Romans 8. He says, how did you believe the gospel? He says, with your heart, you believe in your heart, and you confess what? With your mouth. Can we say, we, you believe it in your mind. You accepted it. You took it into your mind and said, this is it. Can we say that? Is it, so that means, how did you believe the gospel? You accepted it in your heart, and you spoke it with your mouth. Romans, 8, uh, Romans 10, verse 8 to 10. You see that there. So that means that my heart, my mouth are pivotal. What I see, and we're going to, one of the things we're going to study in this series, and I wrote it here, is the access point. And we're going to look at that because for us to say, okay, this is, what, this is me, right? For us to say, we want to deal with ungodly habits. We must be able to trace the source or where the godly one come from and where the ungodly one come from. So that, because let me tell you something, if you can trace it, you'll be able to know how to deal with it. A lot of people just pick it from this and say, oh, deliverance session, deliverance session, you are going through this, you need deliverance. Bro, calm down. Let's, tell, let's teach you where did this thing come from so that you will know. Because even after the deliverance, there is 100% tendency you go back to it again. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why the word of God will never fail to work. It will never fail to work. So, the vital role of the... So, this shows you, if at salvation, the components of the thing you needed at salvation was your heart and your mouth, it shows you that that alone is a strong access point. You know, I was teaching you something on Sunday and I said, if you believe it... I don't know if I've heard why faith confession works or how, how did I... What did I tie to that series? Our faith. Oh, now I should do another one. Probably I will do another one. Why it even works? Then I do that one as how. I will now. I probably will do another one. Why it works? And one of the things I said in that series, if you if you remember carefully, if you have not heard it, please go and hear it again. Is your heart and your mouth that see for you to speak is not just confessing God's word and say I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Do you believe what you are saying? Because if at salvation, two things were needed. What was needed? Your heart and your mouth. It says, with your heart, man believeth, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. If at salvation, you needed that two things, it shows you that those two things will play a vital role all throughout your life. Or all throughout your salvation journey. It can determine your mind. So that means your heart and your mouth can determine, your ma can determine man's eternity. And it can determine the believer's life. And listen, that same heart and mouth can determine the doom. Let me use the word doom of a man. See, the reason why an unbeliever is still an unbeliever today is because he has rejected Jesus in his heart and he has not spoken it in his heart, with his mouth. 
and he keeps telling himself, I'm an atheist, I'm an atheist, I'm an atheist. See, the, if you keep telling yourself tomorrow, if you start tomorrow and for tomorrow till the end of the month, you start saying, I'm an atheist, I'm an atheist, I'm an atheist, just know you will become one. <laughs> it's no, there's, no, there's no remedy, it's just a law of life. Just know that latest by February, the devil would have wired and orchestrated yourself to meet atheists and you would just start believing what they believe. And you will fight everything you have ever believed. It's as simple as that. So that shows to us that the emphasis of the writer of Proverbs, what did he say? He says, keep your heart with all diligence. That means the heart is the access point to man. When the gospel is preached, what happens? When we preach the gospel, what happens? Information is received, right? And the response from the heart is either faith or unbelief. If I preach to you today now, and I say, oh, hi, sister, hi, brother. Um, you know, Jesus loves you. Jesus died for your sins. Jesus did this for you. And what's the response? Is it that, the response is either faith or unbelief. I don't want to hear. That I don't want to hear is unbelief. Leave me alone. Unbelief. Oh, wow. Faith. He just needs, you just need to feed him more. Oh, wow. I never knew what you were saying before. Faith. Something is being inspired in his heart. Okay. Now, see. That shows us that the believer, for the believer to form good habits, he must guard, he must keep check what comes to his heart every time. Knowing freely that what comes to his heart can affect his actions. See, I said something in camp meeting, if some of you remember, and I said that you see children today, especially in our country today, killing people. And they just go to their schools and the, the next thing they want to do is they want to shoot students and they want to... Some, some people say it's demonic. That maybe it's a demonic spirit. Yes, obviously it's demonic. But they've seen it somewhere. No, okay, just imagine a small child who is still in elementary school shooting his classmates. What does he know? Somebody that just finished watching Baby Shaku, do, 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 and is now wanting to... <laughs> what does he know? He has seen, probably seen the gun. Where did he get the gun? His probably his parents has used it at home to threaten themselves. Nobody's, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. They probably threat, the parents are probably threatening themselves. I will kill you today. And they pointed the gun at each other. And he has watched a movie where he saw somebody use that same thing that his parents has used to threaten themselves to kill somebody, and the guy wants to go and experiment it in school. Maybe somebody offended him, and in the movie he watched, somebody offended somebody. <laughs> what do you expect? Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? What do you expect? So for the believer to form a good habit, he must guard what comes to his heart. 
That was why the epistles were strong on certain things, on bitterness. Go to, let's go to Ephesians 4, verse 31-32. I believe that this series will liberate a lot of us from so many things. You know, maybe you see somebody struggling with homosexuality, struggling with... Um, they saw it somewhere. Let me tell you the truth. They saw it somewhere. People struggling with um, several things, they saw it somewhere. And they accepted it in their heart. Some people now see it as their reality. They will now be saying, I'm struggling with this. Ah, you already know you are. Why not speak? Why not change your words? This is my weakness. Why? 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 We already know. Why not start changing the word? Remember we said your heart and your mouth are a vital tool. See, if your heart and your mouth got you saved, <laughs> imagine how much this too can change, can do for you even, even in your salvation. That's why Paul says something in 2 Corinthians 4.13. He says, we believe and yet we speak. Your heart and your mouth are very vital. And we're coming to it. Look at Ephesians 4. It says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be ye kind to one another, find that forgiving one another, even for Christ's sake, as God has forgiven you. So this will imply that the believer, so that means you must guard against such. You must guard against bitterness. You must guard against anger, guard against clamor, evil speaking, guard against malice, guard against all of those things. They are susceptible. They are things that you can easily pick in the atmosphere because you live in the world today. And that's why I started with, don't be conformed to this world. Do you know that? There are sermons that can make you greedy. If you hear so much sermon on prosperity today or giving so that you will receive. You know there's some sermons that they will say if you give $20, God will double it for you. When God is not Bitcoin or God is not forest, generous giving is simply generous giving. Simple. So we believe that God multiplies. I, I also battled with that thing for years. That God multiplies your giving. And now, look at the problem with this now. Somebody will say this one. Say, Since the God does not multiply your giving, let me not give. But God is not Bitcoin or cryptocurrency that put $20, leave it. <laughs> you will see the chart growing. That's greed. You are not giving with your heart. You are giving with a motive. You are not giving generously. You are giving because you know that <laughs> God is going to double my giving. Are you getting what I'm saying? That alone can cause you greed. And that's why I said, you know, look at the standpoint of where I said that even in church, we must also be careful so that we don't also conform to the world. Are you getting what I'm saying? God is not a... God is not a... Say, oh, when you want to give, you give generously. There is no... See, 
see, listen. There is no way in scripture that says that when you give, they will multiply the money back for you. They say the wealth of the Gentiles will come back to the ratio. <laughs> Today is not the day for that. We'll come back to that one soon. So, <laughs> this shows us that every believer, we must be careful of the kind of information that we receive. And why do I say it? We live in a world where <laughs> informations are endless. Oh boy. So endless. And that's why it seems like the social vices has increased. Because there is so much information. So much movies. Our phone. Man. YouTube. Netflix. Too much. HBO. Some people have account on everything. HBO. Netflix. Hulu. Paramount Plus. They will now keep some, some interesting movie. And show it on Paramount Plus. So you will download Paramount Plus and have an account. They will now keep another movie and show it on Stars. So you have another account with Stars. So you will keep moving from one point to another. <laughs> That's how one of my friends just said, see, I can't keep myself. I will just stay on Telegram channel and be waiting for a dub. How <laughs> you know that? That's what they do. All those fake, they will steal the movie and come and put it on the Telegram channel. But this is where I will just stay. So I, I will not travel too far. <laughs> but no matter where you are, look at social media. We have Facebook. We have WhatsApp. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. That one. <laughs> we have which other one? Trend. We have TikTok. We have Snapchat. Which other one? Eh? WeChat. Thin, ah, that one is dating site too. <laughs> oh, it's dating app. <laughs> eh? Clubhouse. So many. And what, what are they all doing to go? <laughs> what are they all doing in the social media? Informations are being passed across. But you know the funniest thing that every believer is to think, including myself? We can't do it. Including myself, we can't do it. I got this. That's a lie. <laughs> it's a big lie. You've got to watch it. See, there are some things you have to unfriend. There are some people you have to block. There are some people you have to mute. There's a way you have to filter your phone. In such a way, that, see... You will just be on your own. The information will just come. Green. You'll just be scrolling innocently. Looking for what is not lost. you just stumble on one thing. That is saying another thing. That is saying another thing. And from there, you say, wow, I never thought like that. You never thought like that for Bible. It's not an information that you don't concern you that you are thinking like that for. So many skits, two minutes. 
And if you watched like 10 of it, 2 minutes, 10, 10, that's 20 minutes. And you will not watch one. You will not watch 10. You will keep scrolling. You will laugh and laugh. There was one day I was about to sleep. I, that was the worst mistake of my life. I scroll. I just started laughing. You know, it was like, I started laughing that. The laughing was like rejoicing in the Holy Ghost. I was just wondering. And now, you know, it's like, it now dawned on me that I was actually pressing phone. No. That's why I just off the phone. And I spent more close to one hour just crooning and laughing at useless things. And informations are being stored from there. Then you see yourself reacting in a certain way. I don't know if you have seen yourself. You said a certain things before you wonder, where did I get this one from? I don't know if I've wondered, I don't know if I've wondered like that. Me, I like to trace my own back. I was having a conversation with Didi yesterday and I said, I remember I was saying something and I said your statement. Because I, after I said it, I said, this is not my vocabulary. And I had to trace it. Where did I get this from? And I said, it is you that influenced me. I was the thing. Anytime I talk to Indidi, Indidi would just say, Pastor, he wouldn't hurt. Ah. He wouldn't hurt to give it a try. Ah. So, me too, I was talking with somebody recently. So, the person was telling me, so I just said, You know, he wouldn't hurt to try. Ah. I don't remember that. I don't say that thing. Where did I get it from? <laughs> and that's because. You, you talk to the person every time. How many of you have talked to somebody before and you start acting like the person? Let me see your name. I, me, me, let me, me, my wife, I will raise it too. <laughs> Why? Man is not neutral. No one is neutral. The art is the access point. So we must watch the information. So now, those now, and I'm, I'm not trying to shade anyone or something. Okay, instead of mentioning a particular thing, I'm trying not to mention just a particular issue. But just imagine a bad habit you have picked today and you are doing it. Do you think it came on its own? No. It did not come on his own. It came based on the information you fed with yourself with. There's something I want to address, and I'll say I'll start saying it now. I'm going to when I start teaching answering perplexing questions, I'm going to, and this will be for married couples and all of those things. I'm going to talk about should a married couple use sex toys? You know, many a times these things are now becoming a norm. Then you'll be wondering, should it, and I'm going to address it in answering perplexing questions. There are some of these things that we're going to study in answering perplexing Don't worry, maybe February or March, we're going to deal with it properly as a series. And I'm going to address it. Do you know where they got it from? They watched the pornography. And they saw it there. They said, let us do it too. Some of these things that many people engage themselves in, they saw it somewhere. Then that is the same things we are battling with as a Christian. We saw it somewhere. 
You see a Christian struggling with alcohol. You're wondering, how? You see a Christian struggling with smoking. I'm trying, I, I don't want to mention too many things so, you, so nobody thinks I'm, I'm putting one over the other. No, no, no. Sin is sin. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's the same thing with evil lying. <laughs> Some people say, there's white lie, there's yellow, what's that? Sin is sin. <laughs> one of the things I'm trying to be careful is I'm trying not to mention anything so that you don't you don't think this one is over the other. No, no, no. Everything that is wrong is wrong. But why should they believe? Why is a believer engaging himself in those things? <laughs> he saw it somewhere. So it is important for us to know that information. Coming to the believer as his focus on his heart. And we have a responsibility to watch it. But they gave us a checker. And let's look at it in Philippians 4, verse 7 to 8. Let's look at it. Philippians 4, verse 7. Are you, are you getting blessed, brethren? Are you learning something? I believe this will help us, right? Okay. Look at Philippians 4, verse 7 to 8. Paul is short the believer, and look at it, he says, At the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. So, therefore, before, now look at, look at the elastic that Paul gave us here. Before the believer grants access to his heart, grants certain information, access to his heart. You know many times, they are very subtle and that's why you must be watchful. Even, you, I can't say, you know, we can't say don't use your phone again. I say you want to go back to the stone age. Today now, we are working on laptops. Many people are living Many jobs are used, no longer use papers. Everything is now computerized. So you can't, you can't but not feed on those informations. You can't but not watch a movie. You have to have entertainment at some point. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you must have certain yastic before you accept some information. That, see, there are times I watch a movie and maybe the person is just speaking negatively. I respond. I don't know, but me, I just respond. I say, nope, you're not talking to me. No. Nope. In the name of Jesus, this is not for me. I don't know why. It's just unconscious. I will never. If I see that they are, they are probably mocking a church, mocking a pastor in a movie, I forward it. I don't watch it. I don't want to know what happened in that scene. I don't watch skits that mock men of God or church. No. Because I am a pastor and I also have a church. And I believe in the local church and I believe in pastors around the world. You get what I'm saying? I don't want my mind contradicted. Now, Paul gave us a checker. Now, look at it. And these are questions you must ask yourself before you accept an information. Before you grant that access to your heart. What is it? You ask yourself, is this information true? Look how, Because it says, whatsoever things are true. You ask yourself, is this information true? When he says, is this information true? Can you say, is, does this information match God's word for my life? 
Did what I just watched, did what I just see, did, just, did this conversation I just engaged in, did this, does this reflect God's word? Right? Is this information true? Is this information honest? Is this information just? Is this information pure? Is this information lovely? Is this information of a good report? These are parameters for the believer. Is this information true? Is this information honest? Is this information just? Is this information pure? Is this information lovely? Is this information good reports? And these are parameters for the believer. So the parameters are not whether the information is vogue or popular. No, 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 no. Or whether it is trending. No, that should not be it. Something can be trending and yet it's not God's word. Something can be trending and yet it's a sin. Something can be trending and yet it's a demonic thing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to even emphasize the word demonic thing in this series because some people don't know that some informations are backed by spirits. Some of us don't know that informations are backed by spirits. Some of you think that. Do you know that? There are some people that just read a post and that post turned their life upside down. And you think that is neutral? No, 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 no. Have you not also read a post and that post changed your life? I don't know if I read something and that thing changed your life positively. Okay. Do you think it is neutral too? Nope. I don't know if I read something and that thing affected you that it just gave you anxiety. It's backed by spirit. Information. I remember there was one time I picked up an information and I was just reading. I was just reading. And I noticed that I was so fearful. I was just, you know, when they say anxious, I couldn't sleep. Ah, I knew that, okay, this is demonic. And I had to pray. Because these things are not neutral. So these are parameters for the believer. The parameters are not whether the information are evoked popular or trending. Every information must be placed and judged by the written word. It must. First Timothy 1 verse 5. First Timothy 1 verse 5. Are we learning something? First Timothy 1 verse 5. Now, the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and out of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Paul also now explained in Romans 12 verse 1 to 2. We have talked about the renewing of the mind. So that it means the believer should not fashion or conduct himself after the system of this world. Can we say a believer who conducts himself or who fashion himself like the systems of this world, can we say he is acting a drama? Can we say that? <laughs> That's not his true nature. So when we see a believer struggling with an habit, can we say he's probably acting a drama? Why? That's not his nature. That's not himself. He is not himself. How do you see yourself angry before and you're wondering and your eyes is popping? <laughs> your, your, 
your veins are out. You are, you are fast. Your words are faster than. And when you now calm down, you are not wondering, what's even the point? <laughs> I don't want to be that shoe. Me, I release my hand up. <laughs> I am wondering, what's, what's actually this issue? Your veins are popping. Your eyes is red. You know, there's something that Chewbacca used to do for me. Maybe if I'm shouting, Chewbacca said, check the mirror. <laughs> just, 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 Pastor, please, just, please, I'm really sorry, sir. Please, just check the mirror. <laughs> then you know you don't want to conduct yourself properly to you check the mirror. <laughs> well, I think it's a good thing. Are you guessing what I'm saying? Are you guessing what I'm saying? You know, then you're not wondering, why is this happening? I didn't get to what I'm saying. Why did I? Now, so, the believer will walk in God's will by renewing his mind and the reality of the world. Now, so look at this. As I gradually begin to close, are we learning something? So, the word of God is to us firstly a revelation and it reveals our identity and i'm going to pick it up from here next week the word of god reveals our identity see listen one thing you must understand is you are righteous you are holy you are what the word says you are you can do what the word of god says you can do you are not an unbeliever you are not a sinner the very minute this dawns in your subconsciousness, you start acting right. I used to say it this way. Imagine somebody texts you this very minute as I'm talking, and you just check your phone and you just say, you know, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm so sorry you went through or you went through when you were younger. Um, there's actually a million dollars planted somewhere in the house and it's yours. Do you know that? There was a way you adjust your sitting and you will be looking at me. You just be looking at me like, and you read it and you see it's legit. It's not scam likely. Oh, what this? What they? Is this scam likely or scam likely? Scam likely. That sent that message. It's maybe your cousin, your brother, yourself, and it's not a prank. And it shows you, and they snap you the picture of the money, and it's in cash. And they even now zero you, maybe like about a hundred thousand. You know, there's a way you just be looking at me like. Just be fast. Why are you keeping us in service? Like, <laughs> what do you need, Pastor? Your mind, you know, there's a way your identity will start changing immediately. Even as you are seated and you are listening to or dealing with ungodly habits, you will have been thinking of the cars. Uh, that car is about 40,000. You just be pricing things in your mind already. And that house that I saw on Instagram that day. About 1.5 million. Just be, you don't be gauging things. You are taking up. You know, people say that they don't really know. There's this saying that they say you don't really know somebody until they have money. I don't know if you believe that truth. I believe it. I actually believe it. The true test of somebody's character is giving the money. I believe it. That's where you see, okay, this one is really a Christian. Or has this one been working on the world? You know, something you know, poverty can make you humble. <laughs> you don't know. 
You don't understand. You know when you are poor, you just be naturally humble. There's nothing to be proud about now. <laughs> you don't have any you don't have anything to be proud about. You still need them. <laughs> it is if you are now poor or proud, that's where there's a problem. That's why you have a confused identity. <laughs> but naturally, poverty will just humble you. But the true test of your humility is when they give you money. So we'll see if you will still stay humble. Or, or you will flip. You now start acting your normal self. So the other poor side was a drama. <laughs> you know. So now, back to business. Uh, what was I saying before? Again, yeah. Take me back. I, I backslided quickly. Eh? God's word is what? It's first to us revelation. And it reveals to us our identity. That shows to you that when you study God's word, your identity is being known. You can't know yourself by saying, I'm a choleric. I'm a Sagittarius. In fact, I even heard this year that they've changed, they've updated it. So if you used to be a Sagittarius last year, this year you are no more a Sagittarius. You are now a Leo. So now look at it now. <laughs> so if you used to be a Pisces, I'll be Pisces. Uh, is this Pisces or Pisces? <laughs> so you used to be a Pisces last year. Now this year, you're a, <laughs> this year you're a Virgo or you're a Cancer. You know the two. <laughs> now imagine that. That's what your life is all about. That's who you have been thinking you are. All they will say, I'm just a Virgo. So all those people that used to put it on their Instagram status now, they will go and change it. Their Virgo tip have been updated to, to, to spices. Ooh, what a confused identity. That's not who you are. So say, you're a melancholy. You're a melancholy. You're a, they even say Jesus. Jesus. They, ah, they say Jesus. They analyze Jesus' character. They say, you know, Jesus seemed to be like, um, a flag, like it looks phlegmatic, but it can be choleric. But you can, ah, uh-uh. Jesus, son of God. <laughs> That's not who you are. You are what the word says you are. The very minute you start acting contrary to what the word of God says you are, you are acting a drama. Hallelujah. You are conforming. You are not your real self. And you have to come back home to yourself. So what am I teaching us this evening? I'm making us see that the work of the Spirit starts in your mind. And by working in the reality of who you are in Christ, the renewing of the mind is by the believer understanding his identity. One thing we're going to look at next week is the access point. And we're going to use that access point. We will not take it out. Ah, oh, we have we are just starting this series because I believe I've been trying to do introduction, but now I can fully say we are just about entering. See, we're going to see, we're going to have much intricate details and much intricate understanding of okay, wow, this habit I have, this bad habit, maybe you maybe it's lying, maybe it's stealing, maybe it's Laziness. You know, laziness is also a bad habit. Maybe it's um, whatever it is. 
whatever it is that you are struggling with, you can easily trace it and say, wow, okay, now I know it. You know, many times it's better to trace something from the root so that way you are able to deal with it. Ah, you will now say, oh, wow, so this is it. And we will now be able to deal with it and have power over it. You know, the devil will not have power over us, over this, over, you know, and you have to change your words. Some say you are struggling with this. No, 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 no. Remember I said you are acting a drama. And you get to what I'm saying. I'm saying you are, you know, don't use your words to confess that negative thing. Say, I have power over it. You know, the word, what, what did Paul to, tell us in Romans 6? He says, sin shall not have dominion over me. For I'm not under the law, but I'm under the grace. Sin will not have dominion. Say that a lot to yourself. Say that this thing does not have dominion over me. I have power over it. I'm victorious over this addition. I'm victorious over this bad habit. I'm victorious over this thing. You know, it's late to say it. Late to say. Stop saying it's, it's my weakness. Eh, eh, that's you acting a drama. That weakness is you acting it. That's not you. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's not you. And we're going to look more into scriptures. We're going to also see examples of people who have... As we have gone ahead of us and done so many things and all of those things. Play for me as I close. So the renewing of the mind is by the believer understanding his identity from God's word. So that means that there must be a precise and accurate information from God's word that helps the believer. And you see, in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16, it says, No ye not. 1 Corinthians 6 9, know ye not. 1 Corinthians 6 15, know ye not. He repeated those facts because they are basics. You have to know who you are. He says, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the living God. Some of you don't still know that this body is a temple. What does temple mean? An habitation that is God dwells here. Imagine you see that as a reality every time. How much victorious living you will have. And you see, the believer needs to meditate a lot on God's word for his mind to be renewed. And I will end this way. Never leave your mind so vacant. Don't put vacancy in your mind. Always fill your mind with an information. And let the information be the information of God's word consistently. Because if you feel your mind vacant, it will be it will be occupied with other information. How many of you have? That's why there's this saying. People say, "And I do," and it's the devil's workshop. You know, take that thing into scriptures and say, "A mind not filled with the information of God's word is a mind that will obviously contract that will be filled with something else." Let me tell you, there is no time your mind is not being engaged with something. I don't know if, I, if I'm making sense. There is no time your mind is not thinking about something. But instead of you entertaining that thought, why not switch it into feeding on God's word? Just meditate. When you say meditating on God's word, I'm going to explain it to us in the course of this series. It simply means... What I heard today now, or what you are hearing now in service, after service, maybe when you get to, maybe tomorrow, 
maybe next tomorrow put it back in your mind and think about it just the same way you would think about a problem just the same way you would think about the bad habits just the same way you would think about do you know what is happening when you engage your mind that way your mind is storing the information imagine what you go home to think about is whatever informations are true whatever informations are honest are pure are of a good report think on these things like Paul said and those are the things that preoccupy our mind what is on our minds are not movies what is on our minds are not the information we read on Twitter they are not the information we, we saw on social media but the information in God's word you know we will have a victorious Christian life like that Joshua 1 verse 8 says the book of let the um, um, the book of the Lord shall not depart out of the mouth but thou shalt meditate on it day and night that thou mayest observe that which was written in it that thou may have be prosperous and have good success hallelujah so you meditate on the word you preoccupy your mind with the information of God's word and that way able to live victoriously and there's always a counsel let me see tell you every point at any time your mind is engaged with something in it you just have to feel it and let, let me tell you again no information is neutral no information is neutral it's an information of something backed by spirits and you must be very careful to not entertain those informations. You're blessed. You sure about that? How about we just pray in the Holy Ghost for our lives? Think about, start the meditation for what I just said as you are praying in the Holy Ghost. Just think about what I just said. Think about what I just said and let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. habits that are scripting into our lives are broken in the name of Jesus. Amen.